Welcome back to Maximum News. Hi! Did you miss us? I sure missed you. I, uh, I miss being in a normal state of mind on a normal schedule, but you know, getting C to the O to the VID is going to do that to you. Yes, I got hit with the big C-O-V-I-D. Do I even need to worry about saying it a lot? Not, not really anymore, no. Okay, okay, yeah. I, I got COVID. That's why we didn't do a show last week. Uh, and <laughs> while I'm over most of the symptoms that I was experiencing last week, I'm now stuck with extreme feelings of fatigue. And low-key, I would much rather have the sore throat and the cough and the headache than having to deal with this crap. Because now... I, I can't use the thing that I rely on the most in order to do the work that I do, which is YouTube, and that's my brain. I need to be able to think, but uh, the brain fog is for real, guys, and it sucks. But mm -hmm. thankfully, uh, I think the show that we're doing today isn't going to require too much, uh, you know, 4D chess type thinking. So we're going to push through with it anyways, and then hopefully by next week, because I am a young and healthy individual, allegedly... Uh, things should be back to normal. But before we get into that, I got to thank, uh, yeah, well, I got to acknowledge my co-host, as always, the lovely Cybsidian. Hello. What's, co what's going on, man? Well, you know, I, I'm, I always remind myself that I am a little bit lucky because I do, I do happen to be mostly computer. So um, I, I, I have to watch out for the viruses that are in digital form more, a little bit more so than the ones that are in, you know, DNA form. So Yeah, but those can kill you. Like yeah, that. yeah. Those. Well, I mean, they they either kill you or you make, it makes you crazy or turns you into a killer robot, and mm -hmm. you know. And Elon is really unhappy about that at the moment. Did you see that? Like he was like, "We've got to stop all AI stuff. Emergency, emergency, emergency. This is the biggest news cycle." And they're like, "All right, everybody, we're going right to Elon Musk live at Twitter HQ to talk about the impending doom of the human." Wait, sorry, no, we are we are going to the courthouses in New York for a surprise announcement. It's like, oh, great, okay. <laughs> I mean, one of those things is really important. We already kind of knew that about Elon. Yeah, like he's, ever he's since not been happy about the AI stuff. No, and I and I get it, uh, mm -hmm. but it, there needs to be a more systematic approach to how we deal with this. Well, then again, I, I probably bet that he has tried. He is the richest man yeah. in the world. I can't wait to do a really full, in-depth guide. We have been talking about it for quite a while, and we've been kind of prepping it. Ash, of course, has the uh, the AI Plays channel. Uh, he's been doing a lot of stuff on there. We're, we're looking at expanding that and having some more deeper discussions on AI. So please, if you if you think that's something that you'd like to hear, please let us know in the comments. Mm -hmm. Please do. Um, I, I think we're linking that. If we're not, we're not we should. Mm -hmm. uh, anyways, um, let's move on to the gaming news. That's why you guys are here to listen to us. Um, I, I get COVID for one whole week, and uh, they cancel E3. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. Okay, so, well, no, it's not. It's actually kind of, uh, well, I don't know. Like, I am kind of have mixed feelings on this. Mm. You know, uh, Black Pencil Ninja, Saib, he was the guy who we used to do the show with. Yeah. He uh, once told me that he had a love-hate relationship with E3 because as much as uh, everybody lies to us during E3, at least we could enjoy the lie. That was yeah. the paradox at E3. You know, they'd show us these awesome, for example, awesome footage from Beyond Good and Evil 2. What a beautiful lie that was. 
Yeah. So, yeah, but um, it it was um, it, it they walked away from it being about the culture of gaming a long time ago. Yeah. Um, we teamed up with Upper Echelon um, Gaming, which is uh, yeah, he's getting big on YouTube now. Wow, um, really? We teamed up with him. Yeah, yeah, a long time ago. We actually funded uh, one of his trips to um, to E E three. A couple of years ago, to get a whole bunch of coverage, we had um, professional level access. We had all this stuff, and then he showed up, and they came down on him um, and and us like we were some kind of like like we weren't huge at the time, and neither was he. But they came down on us like we were some kind of like pariah, and they never told us why. But they did restrict our access. They they seized his his camera. And his phone, I believe, at one point. Um, and basically, we're like, no, you're not going in. Your helpers aren't going in. Like, it was just it was just a madhouse. Um, <laughs> and I was chatting with him uh, earlier this week about it, just kind of commiserating on, you know, what happened. And what happened is they got, and I don't mean this, like, um, in the normal way, but they got political. Uh, and again, I don't mean that in the, the normal way you think political. You're thinking political. I'm thinking, I'm talking more like, like high school political, you know, like clicky. They got... They got so you're not part of my team, so therefore I'm not letting you, you know, do anything. And yeah. the dog is, is a green. He's 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 absolutely horrified by what happened. Um, but that, yeah, we basically blew like several thousand dollars uh, to try and like get a whole bunch of these interviews set up. Which again, we had we had things with uh, game developers and, and writers and, and creators. We had a whole bunch of stuff lined up. And then the the people who organized and ran E3 basically shut us down and said, nope, <clears throat> we refuse. You're not allowed to do anything. You can't bring in your, your laptop to do, uh, you know, interviews. You can't uh, you can't bring in your camera to record any of the interviews. So because you're not one of the specials. Have, yeah. He, and again, it was like there were Twitch people there who had less of a reach than us that were allowed to do a whole bunch of stuff. But because we weren't on in the in group, and again, we still don't even know what that meant. Like we had no idea what that meant at all. And that's when I, I think that was when I, I came out and was like basically like, hey, this is this is going to kill E3 because the minute you start fl- playing favorites, start start um, you know everybody gets in, you know who who went and you know got a ticket or or had the credentials. But once you're inside, well, then then there's two lines. There's the line of the friends and the buddies and the people who were allowed to cut into line, mm-hmm. um, you know, when when requesting interviews and stuff like that, who, again, same size or smaller than other people. And then there were other people. And again, it was like some of the magazines were um, at the time, some of the magazines were like, we can't afford to to pay these people off anymore to get the access that we want. And half of those gaming magazines are now gone so it's like this isn't just this didn't just hit us this was like they were picking winners and choosers based off of all i could say is probably based off either corruption or bribes yeah of course it's it's the biggest gaming it well that's what it was (laughs) the biggest event in gaming that happens every year and naturally because of that everybody's going to try and be a part of it and they are only going to make room for the people that are the big wigs, like the main companies. And, uh, you know, it's it sucks and they shouldn't have done that. They should have tried to make it so that it could 
be a truly big event for everybody that has something valuable to offer and to market to the video games industry. Uh, and uh, they're probably realizing that right about now, side, because as I just said a moment ago, E3 is canceled. And it was canceled in 2020 because of COVID. Then it was digital in 2021. And it was canceled again last year. Mm-hmm. And it's canceled again this year. And, uh, and they're not. Now, yeah. they, they haven't said that they're canceled next year, but they're not coming back from this. No, they, they are. They are simply not coming back from this. The 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 team that was behind the convention like five years ago isn't even really the team that's behind it anymore because most of them got um, they got slowly picked off. And then, of course, during the, the covid and the 2020 stuff in the most recent years, it was just it was just like the, the people started losing their positions. And from what I've heard now, again, take this with a grain of salt. I've heard some rumors um, that basically there's a bunch of people that are left on that board who are basically just, they're basically just hacking up whatever is left of E3 and just like, you know, running it out for, for cash and stuff like that. Yeah. So they're, they're literally vultures preying on the, the corpse of their own thing pulling what they can out of it. Now, again, it's like, take that with a grain of salt, but I, I won't be surprised if in a couple months we hear that the organization behind E3 has been hit with some kind of embezzlement um, charge. There's been, you know, money has gone missing and suddenly there's just, there's just no way that they can even rent out a local bowling alley that closed down three years ago to do, uh, uh, you know, anything versus like trying to like, you know, get one of the biggest, you know, conference centers in the world and, and host, host one of the biggest events in the world. I, I think that's what we're looking at. I think we're looking at a complete and total failure of leadership that has stemmed from greed and people just, again, we saw this years ago where they were willing to take bribes, push people around, do things because they, they had a certain idea about what, what was supposed to go on. And that's a heavy accusation, but you look at it right now and it's like, well, either they were completely and totally inept and and had absolutely no way of controlling themselves or they're just thieves. And in either case, that's it points to the same problem, which is a complete and total failure of leadership. They yeah. couldn't even arrange to get this. They had this they had, you know, three years to work on a return, right? A big return, a big splash. How's a how's a. Um, you know, how's their competition doing, you know, and competition is doing great. Mm -hmm. You know, all these, all these small studios learning how to do their thing. You mean that they couldn't be bothered to even offer like rudimentary services in, in any of these things that have gone live over the last like year and a half? Like really? So yeah, complete and total failure and deserved justly by a bunch of idiots who don't know what they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely true. It became far too expensive for even like the big companies that you come to expect to be at E3, like Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. Like, what's the point in spending all this money to advertise your games at this event when the world, especially the world of gamers, are moving online and can be relied on to be marketed to online? Why not just do? Sony State of Plays and Microsoft and Nintendo Directs to announce your new projects and 
you know, you do them all around the same time, like in June, like they did in 2021 yeah. and 2022 to a degree with Summer Games Fest, which, you know, Jeff Keighley's still going to do. Why not do that? Because it's cheaper and you get the same stuff done. It sucks because, you know, like E3, when it was the great thing that it was, it was like Christmas for gamers. Um, but then, yeah, it just evolved into what side just so eloquently and accurately put. So, yeah, yeah if it this, does. This is me coming from I was at the CES years and years and years before they even started on this uh, in the um, in I think it was 97 I went. Oh, nice. Uh, and then in the early 2000s, it stopped uh, at 2006 because they had some issues there. Um, and then they tried to like, basically they got it up back up and running in 2009. And then I went, uh, once, uh, back then. And so, yeah, no, I, I hate, I hate the idea, right. That it, that this is going away, but again, it's like in, in combination of the data leaks that they had combination with the, just the recent, like vile level of of hey you're my buddy so i'll pull strings for you um or hey you know i can be your buddy if you pay me enough it's like that kind of stuff those kinds of offers those kinds of things like if you don't crush them as an organizer then it's just going to destroy your your image it's going to destroy everybody nobody will want to deal with you because only only people who have um bad morals take big bribes yeah. Um, and I mean, you say small bribes, but that, that comes down to a question of, well, what's a bribe, right? Like, like, but that, if that's the, you know, if that's you, what your core is, then you're not going to last very long. So yeah. Yeah. Big failure on that part. Oh, well. Um, so it, it sucks, but it's not like we're going to stop getting game announcements throughout the year. It's not like it's going, like, it, it seems oh, like we, there's, there's already, PlayStation, Xbox already have big showcases planned. Bethesda got a huge showcase planned. Mm-hmm. We've got um, a whole bunch of smaller showcases. We've got again the Jeff Keighley uh, going in the, the the big he <laughs> he posted right before the news dropped. He's like, "Hey, <laughs> for, for I saw that this summer," and it was like he he basically stepped behind them slit their throat and then push him out onto the stage after he had done his big thing. It's like, what do you got? What do you, what do you got to follow up with this? And again, if you doubt anything that I said about it, Keeley raised much of the same points. Now I think he's got a couple problems, obviously himself. Yeah. I think everybody does. Right. Um, whenever you're trying to do something big like this, you're, you're playing favorites, you're doing something right on some level. And so I'm not saying that Keeley is, is flawless. I, I do think that he's done a great job. Uh, sorry, a good job. I don't think he's done a great job, but I think he's done a good job. Mm-hmm. And that I think that, and I hope that he looks at this and he uses this to point to, you know, the people that do work for him and say, we don't ever want to become this. So don't let yourself become this. Don't, you know, don't fall for the same tricks because eventually you'll be out of a job or, you know, you're, you'll be part of something that died. And yeah. then who's going to want you from there? Yep. All right. Well, rest in peace, E3. If you do come back, uh, hopefully it's in a, a better form than it, and it was, uh, although I'm not holding my breath for that. Thankfully, side for the rest of the show, we do have 
mostly good news. There's one piece of bad news, but it's more something to laugh at than to despair over. Uh, so we can take solace in that. All right. So, Saib, while I've had COVID, um, I found it hard to do work in the same way that I normally do. I have gotten some work done, but there are just times where it's like, you know what? My brain's not cooperating with me. My, I'm not breathing like uh, I normally should be. D- don't worry. Like, everything's fine, guys. Um, so when that sort of thing happened, I just said to myself, you know what? Screw everything. I'm just going to go play something fun. And what better game to play than Resident Evil 4 Remake, which came out last... Wait, no, it came out nine days ago? When did it come out? It came out on March something. Like, a few days before the end of the March. Yeah, so um, if you guys have been following the show for any period of time leading up until the last week of March, you'll have heard us talk about Resident Evil Remake, all the hype leading up to it, all the reviews coming out, everybody saying it was awesome... I was hella hyped for it. I couldn't, like, I had to see if all the 10 out of 10s that people were giving this remake were just nostalgia speaking, or maybe there was some, Mm -hmm. I don't know, some BS talking there. Well, I played it. Saib, all those 10 out of 10s are very, very well deserved. This game is, I played... All the way from start to end, I finished the game in about 13 hours. I played it on normal. Um, I got a B. Uh, <laughs> I don't I, I don't normally play Resident Evil games to be a badass and go for the S ranks. I don't have the time, unfortunately, even though I would. Um, but yeah, I, I played through 13 hours of it. And the entire time, I was just grinning from ear to ear. It's one of those games side that reminds you of like, hey, this is what game is all about. It's about having fun, sometimes just turning your brain off and just going with the flow of things and just seeing where things take you. You blowing off zombies' heads, looting their bodies, finding as much treasure as you can and trying to sell it so you can get all the best guns and then do all the badass stuff and have Leon say all the badass one-liners. It's go, go, go the entire time. It's a frenetic pace. It's a very fresh pace. There's never a dull moment. All the characters are awesome. Everything that was uh, somewhat lesser, even though there's very little that was um, mediocre or bad about the original Resident Evil 4, because you know virtually everybody considers that to be a perfect game. But anything that might be considered that was either erased or improved upon with the remake. Ashley is no longer annoying, and she actually has a very, very interesting emotional role on the plot. Luis has his uh, role expanded, and uh, let's just say that he he's handled like a G in this game. The fights, uh, except for maybe like Ramon, which kind of... Uh, disappointed me a little bit fighting him. I didn't really like his boss that much, but everybody else was so much fun to fight. Del Lago, I think fighting Krauser was my favorite boss fight that I've fought in a long time. Yeah, and on and on and on. So I've, I haven't had this much fun playing a video game since maybe Elden Ring and even maybe before Elden Ring. Because, you know, Elden Ring, it's, it's a magnificent game, but sometimes you can get pretty pissed off playing the, the, a game like that. With Resident Evil, I was just having nothing but bliss the entire time. I wish I could go back and play it again and again and again. It's 
the quintessential remake. It takes everything that was great about Resident Evil 2 remake and combines it with everything that was great about original Resident Evil 4, puts it together and creates perfection. Literally, Sybe, the only thing that I can think about that was anything short of good in this game was that sometimes Ashley pants a little bit too much and too loud when she's following you around. That's the only thing oh, that well, pissed me off. You know, some people would call that a bonus. Yeah. I'm not one of those people. I'm not a, you know. Yeah, certainly. I mean, um, weird corners know, of the internet. Yeah, no. I really like that. Uh-huh. That's, and, you know, some morons that have some sort of a problem, such a problem with the way that Ada Wong was portrayed that they feel the need to go and harass the actress off of social media, uh, even though I thought that she did a lovely job. But, Aside from that, uh, I didn't even I didn't even hear about that. Uh, yeah, I, I'll look it up later. I'm probably going to be highly annoyed. She got she got rosed like uh, the one actress that played Rose in The Last Jedi, uh, regrettably. Um, but yeah, it's, moving away from that. Excellent game, guys. If you haven't played it or if you're looking for a great way to get into the Resident Evil franchise, now is the best time. I give Resident Evil 4 Remake a 10 out of 10. It's it's been a long time since I've given a game that type of a score. Uh, I reserve it for very, very specific games. I, hell, I don't even think I give Elden Ring a 10. I, I give it like a 9 or a 9.5. Um, but yeah, I give RE4 Remake a 10 out of 10 because there's no problems with it. It's so much fun. It's quintessential gaming. Mm-hmm. Side, uh, have you, like, do you have any interest in going to check it out? Uh, or, like, what so, if, yeah. Mooney, Mooney started to play it. And she was like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. She walked around the corner and uh, like one of the old zombie guy from the village jumped her and she had to like fight him off and then shoot him in the head. Uh-huh. And then she was like, nope, I'm done. <laughs> That's all she could take? That's all oh, she man. could take. She's like, nope, no, I can't do it. No, no. So I, I, I've I, been like, ah, well, I'll... I'll I'll maybe I'll I'll check it out probably at some later point. Um, my favorite uh, Resident Evil game that I have been waiting for a very long time for is the remake to uh, uh, Nemesis. So that that's the one that mm. I've been like I, I don't know if they're ever going to because it is kind of a it's sort of a spinoff game. It's not like really one side, of the main side countries. side. They they already did Nemesis. Did they? Yeah, Resident Evil Three. What? No, 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 no. Like the Nemesis, like stand, or did they just like bundle it with three? Because three and Nemesis were different games back then. Uh, are you sure the original Resident Evil Three wasn't called Rem- Resident Evil Three Nemesis? I'm pretty sure Resident Evil Nemesis was a standalone from the original because it was only it was very short and it only focused on Jill. Like th- that, Jill was the only character in Resident uh, in in Nemesis. Uh, oh, yeah, and you could play as Carlos in the original Resident Evil 3, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not the biggest Resident Evil fan. Like, I know, like, the general, like, I don't know all the games. Like, I know there's 0 through 7. No, 0 through 8, Revelations, uh, Umbrella Chronicles. Uh, but I, yeah, I, I'm not, I've never heard of the one that you're talking about. Um, Where? yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to look that up. All right, well... Maybe that can be the next one. That or Code Veronica. Actually, you know, remake Code Veronica so people will shut up about it. All right. 
Uh, so yeah, go play Resident Evil 4 Remake if you haven't already. Might as well before uh, Dead Island and um, whatever the other game is that's coming out at the end of the month that everybody's... Oh yeah, Jedi Survivor. So i got to play Jedi Fallen Order. All right. Next topic. Obviously, because I have COVID, I haven't been able to get out to the movies the last couple of weeks, even though I really wanted to, because uh, I really wanted to see John Wick 4. And uh, I also really wanted to see this Dungeons and Dragons movie because of all the wonderful things I've been hearing about it. I didn't get to see it, but Sybe did. Sybe, mm-hmm. what's the deal with this movie? Is it any good? It was... Yeah, it was good. Um, I was pulling up some reviews here uh, from from other people who went and watched it. Uh, some of the, some of the people that um, you know we kind of travel with in the same circles. If I can find this again, there it is. Uh, Wolfheart FPS. Uh, Wolfheart is one of the other guys who covers um, Baldur's Gate really heavily. Nice. Uh, he said it was a blast. He was funny, entertaining, uh, based on much of the D and D lore. Um, and it has them very excited for Baldur's Gate 3. Um, I don't think that this is a true classic of monumental proportions that will put D&D as a household name more so than it already is. Right. Um, I don't think so because it it's not that it was, wasn't good. It was great for what it was. It's that in order to do that, you have to climb up so many different barriers and you have to really get this out in front of like a huge audience. And, and just, you really have to just like, you would, you would have to have this like thing that happened to the, you know, Lord of the Rings. Right. And I don't think you're going to get that to happen. Um, right. So that is over expectation. So when I'm talking about the review, I don't, I want everybody to, to realize that I would not put this in the same class as the original uh, Lord of the Rings trilogy because it's just it's not at that level but that's not the movie that they made and some people confuse you know the some people think that you know all movies could be as great as lord of the rings and it's like that that's not how movies work you know you're going to have a nice you know funny movie that you see with your friends you're going to have other movies that you see with other people lord of the rings is something that you can show for you know years to come and it'll still contain its heavy beauty and its references and its cultural impact still um this movie's not that but it's not bad and it's not uh it's not something to sneeze at either can it start a new um universe like D &D, you know uh you know they talk they talk like the metaverse type thing where it's like you know you get the marvel verse or you get the dc universe and you know that kind of stuff can it create its own meta universe i kind of doubt it but maybe I hope so. But like, like I think that they should take the success that they had and they should do another one that is just as good because this is a good movie. It's not a, it's not, you're not, this isn't going to be in the same halls as, as you know, Rocky or any of those other ones, but it's really good. And it's definitely the best D and D movie that was ever made by a long shot, Mm -hmm. not just by a long shot, by like several, you know, several several long shots like you know a washington to california kind of kind of distance we're we're talking that was head and shoulders above all the other stuff um it was really good I'm, i don't want to i'm not going to do any spoilers uh i totally forgot to mention that from the get-go um so i'm not going to spoil anything it's it's just out this week i don't want everybody um 
to get spoiled on it. I do encourage you, if you like gaming and if you like the D&D kind of universe, even if you don't like if you don't like Wizards of the Coast for the BS that they just pulled, um, I still think you should go see this movie if you appreciate, you know, the type of tabletop gaming experience that that you enjoy inside universes that are like D&D. It's a great fantasy movie flick that has everything you like to see. None of the BS. There was very little to none of the... Um, the the current issues and faux pas that that Hollywood likes to do, you know, where it's like the planet is dying. We must all talk about it all the time while I fly around on a private jet. There was none of that kind of you know censorious BS. There was just, hey, this is a really good, really cool movie that was done really really well and has a lot of great jokes and a lot of really decent lore in it. And that is what I think is going to make this this thing stick around for a long time because this is actually really good. This is actually something that has um really really decent potential to like be better and to make better content going forward. So that's that's my thought is that this is not a, the greatest movie that you're going to see this year, but it's definitely a top 10 in the form of like, go have fun with your friends and family and check out a fun movie. It's, it's as good as, um, it's as good as the, uh, the last, uh, Puss in Boots movie. As far as, uh, the boycotts, I know that there's some people who are going to mention that, you know, they, the Wizards of the Coast don't need the money. Hasbro has failed all that kind of stuff. And yes, I agree in the sense that I agree that, um, that they were deserving of this to be banned. And if, if, if Wizards of the Coast had not recanted and given us an unlimited free hundred percent, um, uh, new, um, Oh crap. I forgot the word for it, but the new, the new agreement, the new legal agreement. Oh, OGL, the OGL. Thank you. Um, if they hadn't re like done a one eighty. They didn't just do like a like a 90 degree turn on that or 45 degree turn, which everybody was expecting. They did a 180 turn. They gave the rights back unequivocally, said this, we were so off the base. Now, I think the only thing that they should have done more was they should have fired the people who came up with that original idea because they clearly don't know the industry that they're in. They clearly don't know why D&D has succeeded in the last like, you know, decade. They They didn't understand any of that. And they hadn't been playing ball. And I think that those people should still be fired. I still think that's the case. But I think that there was enough of a pushback from the the regular people that work at Wizards of the Coast, the regular people who work at at Hasbro, who aren't always representative of their stupid bosses, who do stupid decisions because they don't know what they're doing and they don't know the industry that they're in. Um, I don't think it's worth to to boycott since they made that 180 and since they since again this this decision you know at Wizards of the Coast wasn't necessarily because of Hasbro. Hasbro's got its own problems obviously, but they as far as we can tell and we we did a lot of digging, we can't find that this was really brought by them and because the movie was good because the movie didn't have any of this pandering BS it's like this is fine. This is something that that we can more than is more than better to like bring out and and to to 
you know, support. And people still talk about the, the idea of boycotting Baldur's Gate 3. And again, it's like it, totally different companies. Very little connection there other than just the IP. Right. You would only be hurting Larian, essentially. Um, and And if I wasn't going to boycott Hogwarts over that stupid stuff, why <laughs> would I boycott this over this stupid stuff? Uh, so that's kind of where that that is. And, and again, I was like, I'm not denigrating anybody's issues. If you choose to boycott it, I'm not calling you dumb. I'm, I'm saying, you know, that, that's your right. Everybody has a right to do that. Um, but I personally don't think that, that they don't deserve that at the moment because they had succeeded at, at doing a 180. So I figure reward them for that. Go see the movie. And if they get the hint that this is more of the stuff that they want, that this is the kind of behavior that we want to see from them. Then they go, Oh, okay. And then they learn to do it right. <laughs> you hope that eventually they get, you know, put out to pasture and some new blood comes in to that leadership who actually understands what's, you know, how to actually service the industry. Right. Yeah. Now, speaking of Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> let's uh, talk about a person who has uh, is a great contributor to that particular IP. He, uh, the guy that we're about to talk about, is the writer behind what I believe is the most philosophical video game ever made, the aforementioned Planescape Torment. He's also the writer for games like Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, um, Pillars of Eternity, uh, The New Prey from 2017, Icewind Dale, um, and a designer on one of the original Fallout games. We are, of course, talking about Chris Avalon. Um, he, well, I, I, I'm going to let you take the lead on this yeah. one side, but uh, he, unfortunately, he's had to deal with some false accusations, and, uh, it, and this they, isn't they a are, matter of opinion. They are now, yeah, they are not false. a matter of opinion. Yeah. The, the people who, who came out and made the accusations have issued a full apology and have recanted their words, uh, essentially saying that they made it up because they felt like they wanted to, you know, see some movement in a social situation that they felt that they could, you know, help encourage without realizing that it just hurts other people when you do that. Uh, so, yeah, they this was... Not only out, but it was fully thrown out uh, from the um, from the the from the court's perspective. Uh, not like these charges have been completely 100% dropped, and they're not coming back. The there was a settlement of uh, under a million, uh, but probably a much higher, much pro- pro- but probably pretty close to a million. Uh, for damages uh, to Chris, which I don't think were enough. I I don't think that was enough at all. Nope. Um, we have never changed our mind about this. When the accusation originally came out, we did some investigating. We called some people. We got the information, the evidence that came out uh, later on. Uh, we got peeks at that initially before it was out, not from Chris, from, from other people in the industry, which is where those pieces of evidence came out. Several other directors and game studios who came out, who shared emails from these people, who, you know, spoke very highly of Chris and who made comments that it, that, that happened after this so-called incident. 
So, you know, they, they clearly like, you know, uh, didn't seem to bother them then, but then suddenly their mind changed at some point down the line and then they came up with this story. So uh, we've had Chris uh, answer questions on the show before. We've, we've had, uh, we, we did do an interview with him. Um, we didn't have him on voice, but we had him uh, respond to a bunch of uh, questions and stuff like that uh, in, in private emails to us. And we went back and forth with him a couple times. We, hmm. we still chat with him from time to time. He is a man who this should never happen to because when stuff like this happens, all it does is hurt real victims. It hurts yeah. real victims when you pretend to be a victim of something that, that is a very serious problem. And all you do is you make it harder for those real victims to get justice. And I know a lot of real victims. I was a victim of violence when I was a kid. I, I have seen other people who were victims of, of much worse things and it's not helpful when somebody stands up and then tries to take, uh, tries to use the system against somebody that they don't like. It's not helpful. And it only harms and makes it harder for real victims to stand out. Um, an example that I used that I think was, was really good. You, you ever watch that old movie called Newsboys? Uh No. So Newsboys was a, I believe it was Disney, um, but it had the, the very young, uh, um, had the very, very young guy who did, um, who did, uh, uh, Christian Bale, uh, Batman, right? Oh, are you news? Are you, do you mean the newsies? Sorry, newsies. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, yeah. Newsies. So the Newsies is this really old film, ancient film from 1992 <laughs> from Disney. And they had this, uh, there's this boy in it who's, who's got a gimpy leg and he can't walk very well. And he talks about how other people, other Newsies who sell newspapers, that's what a Newsie is. It's a boy who sells, stands on the corner and sells newspapers and yells, extra, extra, read all about it. Martians invade the West Coast, you know, because they're trying to sell you know, newspapers. And so they, they, you know, it's just like now people are trying to sell newspapers and, and stuff like that. At any rate, he talks about how he has a harder time because there's lots of other newsies who don't have any actual disabilities pretending to have a disability so that people pity them and, you know, give them, you know, more tips, buy more papers from them, that kind of stuff. And he goes, it's, he's like an honest, you know, uh, a disabled person can't get a head around here because of all the, the fakes that are running around. That is the exact same thing as victims in, in actual crime. When you have an actual person who's suffering because of something terrible that is illegal that should be stopped, and yet they can't get the proper attention or the some cases in some cases resources because people who are making up their BS to try and get some kind of social clout I'll, I'll, and why you would want social clout for being a victim. It's just uh, like, that's just so unhealthy <laughs> on so many levels. <laughs> Marco, um, excuse me. Yeah. I, I it's, it, it's obviously a passionate thing that I feel about because, because I consider Chris a friend. Um, I have been, I have a lot of contacts and a lot of friends at, at uh, Obsidian over the years. And um, everybody was, obviously knew it was fake so many people knew it was fake from the get-go but unfortunately that didn't stop the the press and haters and even now still 
people commenting going, oh, you silenced them with money and legal proceedings. And it's like, no, read the evidence. It's publicly available. You know, not all of it, but the, the big pieces that were important are the emails, the chain of emails from these supposed, you know, from these fake victims, not supposed fake victims. They are fake victims Yeah. Um, who did this. They did this for clout. Why would you want to even support that? Like any, even in, even trying to be like, oh, well, let's make sure, you know, nobody is a victim, which is a good thing. It's like, why would you even want to do that? It's very frustrating. Very, you can tell it gets my, gets my blood flowing. So yeah, I, I, I think we're, I think we're good with this now. I'm so glad that Chris is out from this. I hope that he gets a new job. Um, he should. Making, yeah. uh, something. I really hope he gets into the fallout universe again. I, oh, I know gosh. he doesn't like the yeah. leadership at, at Obsidian, but um, I, I think that there's some options there in the future, and I think he deserves it because he was one of the greatest uh, video game writers, and he's he's his ideas were always good, always gold. Yeah, as far as I can tell, like you know, I'm I've sort of been introduced to the works of Chris Avalon relatively recently. Um, as far as I can tell, he to me is probably the best writer in the history of western video games um like i'm trying to think of uh, other people that come close people like sam lake uh no uh who else uh ken levine he did bioshock uh not yeah he is the type of guy that is always a positive addition he's not going to produce anything but gold for your project this is the guy who gave us Kreia. mm-hmm for God's sake. And Joshua Graham. Are you kidding me? Yeah. And it's such a shame that he had to deal with this. But thankfully, he came out on top. He made big bucks. And uh, even if he retires for the rest of his life, he'll left, leave behind a good legacy. But I hope he doesn't. He's got a lot of good years left in him to give us a lot of really great games. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, he can uh, be hired back on for Dying Light 3 and make that game not a piece of crap. All right. <laughs> Let's... uh. Move on to the fifth story. Just got a couple more here. Um, this is the one that I was referring to before that's kind of sad, but you kind of have to laugh at because uh, it's impossible not to. So, Saib, we've uh, been getting a lot of <clears throat> really good PC ports from PlayStation Studios the last little while. Uh, God of War was one I bought recently. That game looks great on PC. Uh, I had a blast with a little bit of time that I played with it. Spider-Man, uh, I really want to get that one, but I, I'm going to probably wait until the fall to play it again, just before the new game comes out. Uh, but, you know, everybody I've speak, spoken to who has played it says it's great. got Horizon, you got Uncharted, you got Days Gone, amongst a whole bunch of other ones. So naturally, <clears throat> because of how successful all these uh, ports have been, you would expect that with Naughty Dog releasing The Last of Us Part 1 on PC that you would just get another home run, especially because it's you know coming off of the TV show and original Last of Us is one of the greatest games ever made. Well, it's... Uh, <laughs> this is just... This makes the whole Arkham Knight fiasco uh, back from 2015 look like child's play. That, that makes that shit look competent. The bugs that people have been posting online about yeah. the Last of Us PC port have been uh, inducing bipolar uh, emotions, that of sadness, anger, and uh, genuine hilarity. So, side, 
Uh, let's just do a brief rundown of some of the stuff uh, that people have been dealing with in regards to The Last of Us on PC. So, right when you boot up the game, uh, it's sort of a coin toss, well, not a coin toss, but it's a toss of the dice as to how long it's going to take for the shaders to build up uh, when you start the thing. For some people, it takes two hours, some people four hours. I don't know, I have a pretty powerful system, but even people who say they have powerful systems... Uh, telling me that they're waiting for hours before they can play the goddamn game. And even when they do, even when they're able to get into the game, they experience frequent stutters and crashes. Um, graphics sometimes looking like abstract paintings, like somebody melted crayons and then made Joel and Ellie's face out of it. Uh, I'm not. I, I'm trying to be accurate with my words, by the way, when I say that. I'm not trying to be exaggeratory. Um, mouse control causing camera jitters. That's not good. I mean, like, look what happened with Wolong. Um, what else? Oh, one of my personal favorites that was as horrifying as it was hilarious was uh, Joel having blackface. Uh, I think the act man posted that on Twitter. <laughs> it's so bad. Um, and then, like, Ellie... She will sometimes stand on her hand and spin around like looking like she's breakdancing. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really bad. And it's a shame because Last of Us is a top 20 game. Not top 10, but top 20, definitely. And I love it so much that I was willing to pay for it again once it went on sale on PC when it came out. But uh, given its current state, it's going to need a hell of a lot of patches before... Uh, I could even consider that. Um, and it's a damn shame. Um, was there anything else I was going to say about this? No, just <laughs> they have put out a couple of patches and some people have been saying that they've been having some luck, but it's, you know, one out of every 10 people that are still having problems with the game. It's, it's a goddamn travesty. Um, and it's kind of surprising. I mean, say what you will about, about their last hold on hold on hold on hold on go ahead say what you will about their last game that they released Mm -hmm. but all of the games that they've released are at least technically sound right so what the hell happened here so i'm sorry to interrupt you man so no it's um and i'm not i'm not i don't think i was going to say what you thought i was going to say um but i think what it is is we have we have a case of extremely bad ports right now in the industry as a whole it seems every game that has been ported to pc recently has just been a total and complete catastrophe and i believe that's the case because the um the big companies who do these ports from console to pc they don't actually care that much and that that is i think where the biggest problem lies is that do it in house there's just so many well it's not just that it's like they just don't allot the same amount of money for it i i heard a rumor once that one of the ports that came within the last like three years that was just atrocious i heard a rumor that they they put three people on it and those three people were paid less than than about $30,000 to port it to the PC. <laughs> now, why you would do that when you stand to make more money from the PC version than the console version? It's, this I don't like, know if it's arrogance or just straight up stupidity. I'd and this say is stupidity. Where, again, we, we, you know, we, we raised this with the last couple of stories. It's like, 
the idiots running these companies are so stupid and have no sense of service and, and quality when it comes to serving their communities of, of customers that they just think that the cheapest, dumbest thing will work. And sadly, some of the times that's true. And that's why they, they can get away with it. Because, you know, they'll ask, hey, how much did so-and-so spend on porting that title over to the PC? Oh, well, they spent, you know, they had like a team of like 20 people working on it for like a month. And then they popped it out. and It was really bad. It got pretty, pretty bland reviews. But, you know, they still sold 10 million copies of it. Oh, okay. Well, can we do it for cheaper? It's like, why would you want to do it for cheaper? 10 million copies, it's, it's, it's hundreds of millions of dollars. What are you doing? Why would you risk that? Why would you risk doing that? And, and again, it just boils down to the industry as a whole from the console gamer, uh, from the console game makers, the developers and the publishers. They really don't care about certain aspects of their audience. And, you, and it's not just the PC versus console. It's sometimes it's region. Why do we get these bad region ports where it's like the game comes out in, in I'll, I'll, say, I'll say these ones, Japan has this problem a lot. Japan will come out with a game. It's for a niche audience. They'll sell 10,000 copies in Japan and then they'll port it to English and they'll sell 100,000 copies to the English world. And they treat the English world like they're peasants, like they're 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 just absolutely. I've I've worked with a lot of Japanese developers, and this is a one of the most common issues that we have. Is why would I make this for the the English world? Well, because the English world likes your content. Well, I don't care about the English world. It's like you're only able to do what you're doing right now because you make enough sales from the English world to support you. If you didn't release this, you're 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 going to not make your your house payments. You understand how this works? Yeah, but I really just I really hate the English. It's like that. what did they do to you? <laughs> yeah. What what did they do to you? Like seriously? Oh well, you know, um, something political from fifty years ago. It's like yeah, they were just supposed to sit there and take. Uh, you know what? No, I'm not going to go there. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah no, it's, and it's and it's so frustrating. Um, sometimes it's just a, a it's a, it's a, a we're better than you thing. Like I heard I heard this from from a dude. I saw this on one of the podcasts that I watch from time to time. Dude was like, yeah, you know, uh, you know, my people group have never ever had uh, slaves, and the guy was like, bull, bull, bull. Bull, pull it up. Look it up. Oh, no. They didn't just have slaves. They had the longest continuation of slaves in the entire history of, of civilizations. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you don't have a leg to stand on here to denounce other cultures as inferior to yours. Like, you just, you just don't. Why are you doing it here? And yet you encounter it over and over again. And it's not just, it's not just Japan. It's Korea. It's, um, there's some, there's definitely some German studios, small, a little bit less common. Um, and then there's other studios that they just, they look at other people, not just always English, but they'll just look at other people. And again, the 
console versus PC thing where they're like, yeah, no, we're not going to put money into this. We're going to, we're going to do a half-assed job on this. We don't really care. The idiots will buy it, you know, because that, because that's just how it works. And you're sitting there going, why, why would you do that? You could make so much more money. So that's dumb. And, and it's very frustrating because as fans of a product, we just want a good product. We just want people to take our money. You know, that fry meme is real. Yeah. Like, shut up and take my money. It's right here. Can you please just take my money? But no, no, they, they still refuse to do so. And it's so, it's so mind numbing. It's so mind numbing. How did we get onto that from the last of us? Uh, because PC ports. Oh, right. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Port, ports, ports, and then console, like ports and then how, how people are clicky. You know, and that 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 does actually roll back to the first story when we're talking about E3. Oh, people yeah. develop clicks, and the clicks end up destroying the thing that you're that you're working on. Then that that literally feeds you, right? You listening, Nintendo? All right, and let's move on to the final. Uh, yeah. Just something to laugh at. So yesterday was April Fool's Day, and uh, Cybe is going to sort of round up some of the best jokes that uh, took place on the internet because you oh, know, God, there were some good ones yesterday. Oh Lord. So Nintendo put out a movie voices in the video games. Uh-huh. I really recommend you watch this video. It's right from the Nintendo Direct. They had, you can go into all the old games and turn on the new voices in the new movie into the old games. So you want to play, you know, Mario 1 with Chris Pratt going, doing all the lines and doing a bunch of lines. Now, yes, there obviously weren't any lines, but... He reads them out in this monotone, like he's on a phone voice, which I think that they did. I think they got these people to call in and do this. Hilarious. Oh, my God. It was it was one of the funniest things. Jack Black goes on a cursing spree as Bowser <laughs> at the end. He's playing a, there's this Bowser game, and you're playing as Bowser, and he's just he just starts swearing up a storm, and it's like, oh, maybe we don't want that. <laughs> maybe we don't want this. No, trust like, me, Nintendo. We do. <laughs> I we do. Oh, <laughs> man, it was it was so good. It was so good. Can we you, had uh, Ayla yeah. Taylor. Uh, sorry, Anya Taylor. Oh my goodness, Anya Taylor doing uh, um, Peach. Peaches dominating in in Mario Kart, and she's just like she's just trash talking constantly. It, it was honestly, it was so good. Okay. Uh, one of the surprises yesterday was a new Sonic the Hedgehog game, in which Sonic. Has been murdered. <laughs> you play as Amy and uh, and Tails, and you solve the murder of Sonic on a train. It's I I I thought that this was like a joke, like they they just mocked up like a trailer for it. No, it's a real game on Steam right now for free, and it's amazing. Oh. It's like. Wow. It's legitimately amazing. And they put it out as like a basically a, a, a joke, but it's actually one of the best Sonic games that, that there has been. The 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 um the community feedback on this has been absolutely absolutely crazy. Um the the uh the murder of Sonic the Hedgehog now has nine thousand overwhelmingly positive reviews 
and you go down, you look at the reviews, and they're like, they killed this. This is amazing. So much fun. Did not expect this joke to actually be fun. 10 out of 10. Oh my goodness, this is amazing. They called him a blue rat. Oh my God. Like, that's the kind of stuff that they're getting in here. So huge, huge win. Huge win for whoever thought that was a good idea. They've got they've got absolutely steamrolled the those those positive comments. I think it's ninety nine percent positive right now. Wow! Oh my goodness! Talk about talk about <laughs> how often doing- does a Sonic game get that kind of positive response? <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. This, I I will say their marketing. Whoever is doing their marketing right now for the, for the movies for this all all this stuff that we're seeing right now, absolutely gold absolutely gold you guys are doing an amazing job i hope you guys get a raise because that is whoever is coming up with this stuff is reinvigorating sonic as an entire franchise and and is doing something with it that should have been done you know 20 years ago absolutely amazing i'm so proud of that mm-hmm. um among us has some april fool stuff you can play as a horse now yep that's back that was back that was that was there a little while ago they brought uh-huh. it back uh, Overwatch. They added a whole bunch of Overwatch voice lines in it, and they're hilarious. By the way, having a lot of fun with. Yeah. Right. And then uh, one of my favorite uh, things is PUBG Battlegrounds has introduced reintroduced the bizarre battle royale in which giant chickens will chase you down and do horrible things to you. Uh, they're you're being chased by zombies. You're using superpower abilities, exploding apples, oh. super speed drinks. So Fortnite. Just like the craziest <laughs> stuff. A giant chicken who cuckoos and throws out giant flaming fireballs. Um, brilliant. I got to say, brilliant. Makes me actually want to play the game. <laughs> yeah. PUBG is actually the one battle royale that I can play that doesn't piss me off. <laughs> uh, Loki. Uh, but... Yeah, maybe I should try this out because I do own it on PC and it's not like I'm doing a whole lot at the moment thanks to COVID. This sh- uh, this looks hilarious. I'm watching the trailer right now. The big chicken. <laughs> oh, nice. Okay. And then Minecraft had a very funny video. If you're a fan of Minecraft, check that out. If you're a fan of jokes, check it out because it's hilarious. They, uh, they, they put some love into making that little video. Um, and of course you got your regular, you got, you know, League of Legends, World of Warcraft, a bunch of other companies doing stuff. Yeah. Uh, Larian Studios, Baldur's Gate 3, they announced a new class. This is amazing. You get to play as, and are you going to be, are you going to be good enough to play this class? It is a wheel of cheese. Ladies and gentlemen, you play as a wheel of cheese. <laughs> And let me guess, you just roll through everybody yes. in your path. Roll through combat. You play as a wheel of cheese rolling through combat. It's yeah. absolutely brilliant. That, Obviously, April Fool's joke. That's not a new class, but they they did they did put up uh, put together a minute long video of it, and it looks amazing. So yeah, and then a uh, couple yeah final one here. Uh, there's there's a whole bunch of other ones, but this this one's the last one I think I'll, I'll mention. Uh, the Razer company, who who makes Razer gaming mice and headsets and stuff like that, they're crap, by the way. They fall apart constantly. Um, like seriously, I've never had a Razer mouse last more than a year. Bing. I am I am using a Corsair mouse right now. Things lasted me three years. Freaking bulletproof it is. Mm-hmm. Amazing, absolutely amazing. But yeah, Razer mice has made a Razer mouse that allows you to shave 
in the middle of your gaming session because Demon the strokes. mouse also a shaver. <laughs> I'm looking yes. at this right now. It's the razor, razor. I mean, I, I it would be a good invention if it were an actual thing. You know, there's too many neck beards out there that really need a trimming. The, the trailer for it is hilarious because the guy's just like he's just got like he's got werewolf eye, uh, eyebrows and just like just like covered in this like heap of hair and he just like. You know, he loses in a round, so he picks up his mouse and he starts shaving with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it's convenient. Good on your razor for, for having a sense of humor. I, I like it. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's, this is fine. Yeah. it's a, it's. We look forward to these jokes uh, every year. We can reliably expect, uh, you know, the gaming world to... Yeah. put forward their put their best foot forward when it comes to this sort of stuff and this year was no disappointment i am going to check out that super mario thing uh when we're done though because uh is that coming out this week it's coming out soon uh we got um yeah it's it's coming out soon i think we're we're gonna be God, we're I'm, gonna try and catch that i know ash is gonna probably catch that for sure i picked one uh, hell of a time to get sick man because i gotta right. go see i have to see these movies. i love john wick and just from how awesome I've heard Dungeons and Dragons is from you and other people. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta do it. All right. Anyways, guys, we are, we actually, I, I didn't die uh, doing the show today and we went over an hour that, thank God, and it was a good show. Thanks, guys, for joining us uh, again this week. Sorry again about last week. I can't handle when the, the bug strikes. Um, listen, if you like this particular episode, make sure you hit the like button, because when you do that, it tells the YouTube algorithm that not only this episode is worth watching, but all the other stuff on this channel is worth watching. I want to thank Saib, as always, for uh, his lovely insight and you know him and Ash's patience with me, with my sickness and and all that. Saib, do you want to tell people about the main Triple S League channel very quickly before we sign off? Uh, yeah, check out the Triple S League on YouTube. And we also have uh, Ash. We, Ash has made a, an AI channel that we've talked about uh, here and there. And we're really starting to, to want to put more stuff into that. It's a, it's a, it's a discussion um, that we really enjoy having. And that is becoming more increasingly more and more relevant for the times. So, yeah. and we're we're pretty spot on with our with our predictions too. I I did some predictions for AI tech. Um, I do them every like couple of years, and so far I've been like bang on. So we've decided that hey, you know what? Probably should start talking about this a little bit more. What are we going to hit the singularity side? It's it's kind of soon. It's it's sooner than you think, but not in the way that some people believe that it's coming. Um, so it's, it's, but it, when it, when it hits, when it shows up, it's going to show up fast and hard. Um, that's why they call it a singularity because you're, you're not going to recognize life one year to the next once it happens. Like, it's just going to be completely different. Things are going to change so fast and crazy. And that, that might be a good thing. That might be a very bad thing. Um, and that's something that we really want to discuss more about. So if you're interested in hearing that discussion, please let us know. And um, Ash's first uh, breakdown of the Futurama series. He's also got that. So if you join our Discord, you can find where to find that video. Um, and we'll probably link it in the chat below. That's a show I got to watch with my my fiance. All right. Mm-hmm. And you guys can uh, find like Futurama. She loves Futurama. And I've never seen most of it. Um, and you guys can find me just uh, on all the regular forms of social media. Just have Max Starrett. I'll put links to that in the Triple S League in the description box below. I'm off to bed. Peace out. Peace.